Welcome to episode seven. Seven, wow. Seven. We're in episode seven of Taste Buds. Second one of 2020. Second one of 2020. We are going to have a pretty brief intro here. We have a long interview, which will be really exciting. Um, Our first interview within the industry. Um, Anonymous waiter. Waiter anonymous. Waiter confidential. Waiter confidential. Um, It's uh, so Brandon and I had this uh, whole show planned. Um, We were going to talk about the Oscars. We were going to talk about our best of. We were going to have our interview with the waiter, and he was pretty electric. Yeah. And it went long. We're going to make that our entire episode. We think you guys will get a lot out of it. Um, He spills some secrets. He works at one of uh, Boston's uh, top restaurants, and uh, won't say his name or or where he's from, but um, he's, he's excellent, and he provides a lot of insight. Yeah, really interesting. I mean, we have all these questions. We're going to definitely have them back on to answer a couple more couple more questions about waiters. There's just endless questions that I think people have for waiters. And uh, I think we had a good start with them and uh, really excited to, to have you guys listen to that one later on. So we'll get this we'll get this intro out of the way so you can get to the good stuff. Yeah. So. Um, OK, so big news out of the last week was an Oscar Oscar nominations. Um that we I know we talked about Golden Globes, but I think we just wanted to go through a quick rundown of our surprise takeaway from the Oscar nominations. There was a couple of big surprises in there. Um, yeah, so we figured we had to we had to keep this in the podcast. We had yeah. to, we had to do a quick Oscar rundown. Um, I'll so, start. Okay, so my my surprise takeaway, I'm I'm shocked about Sandler not getting a nomination. Yeah, that's the big one everyone's talking about. I think Uncut, Uncut Gems in general was the big um, kind of loser out of the whole nominations. So yeah. I don't think it got one. Maybe no, some it, fringe it, one? I don't think it got one I nomination. I don't believe it got one. Now, I had a different opinion in the movie that you did. I, I thought it was a pretty flawed movie. Oh, I mean, um, I think I don't think anyone would argue it was, it was perfect. But I think the the how intense and, and kind of the, the, emo- the, the reaction it got out of people, like it, it was – I, I thought it was a, a wild, re- really enjoyable movie. Um, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but it was entertaining. But the Sandler snub, or not even a snub, because I don't, I don't think he should have been nominated. But the, but that surprise of him not getting a Best Actor nomination that threw me off. Who are the other ones that you think could have been taken out of that category? Was there? I, I so, can't really, at the top of my head, I can't think of it. So the one that's been getting a lot of. Um, uh, the the one that I've seen the most um, talked about is is DiCaprio. Surprisingly enough, honestly, uh, because that was really I know I know for for once upon a time I know that him and Brad Pitt were kind of the co leads, but Brad Pitt to me really won that movie. Uh, I thought DiCaprio was good, not unbelievable for his standards. Um, I'm not sure if you have a different opinion, but yeah, I mean, I think it was a subtle performance. Um, right. he kind of played himself in some ways. I mean, right. I, I compared to other DiCaprio movies, it was, it was not his most like, like kind of full range of acting that he didn't put on display. I feel that it was a little bit more subtle. Um, the other ones I honestly haven't even seen. There was Jonathan Price from the two popes, which I haven't seen. Who um, has seen the two popes? I don't know. It's on Netflix. What, is though. that even it's a free movie? movie? The two popes, like the I'm two popes. Sorry. I don't. Yeah. A lot of Pope, a lot of Pope uh, content out there these days. Yeah. I saw the new like pope and, the new Pope. Is that the Jude law one? Is that the yeah, young Pope? Uh, that's the young Pope. There's the new Pope. I didn't know there was like a clamoring two for popes. Pope content is going to be three popes next three year three popes and then there's antonio banderas got nominated that's kind of like i didn't 
did not realize he was in this category. Oh, I think Pain and Glory. Pain and Glory. Yeah, I think his movie's supposed to be awesome, honestly. And and um, well, there was no best actor for The Irishman. It was all supporting. All supporting. Uh, supporting is a loaded category. Loaded this uh, year. Yeah, that that's some. There's some heavy hitters. I mean, there's Joe Pesci. There's uh, there's De Niro. Um, there's Anthony Hopkins. Um, I almost think that like you're right about almost uh, uh, DiCaprio could have been in that category too. Yeah, I'm not really sure how it works. I know that like um, I'm I'm pretty sure the studio will like pretty much pick one to be the lead and one to be the supporting. I thought Brad Pitt and DiCaprio were really co-leads, but I guess Brad Pitt, you know, they put him in the supporting category. He was awesome. I I'm hoping he wins just because I like that movie so much, but. I don't really know. You know, I haven't seen the two popes, the four popes, eight popes, so I, I don't really know who's going to win those categories. But um, the other thing I wanted to quickly mention, no women director nominations. Felt like kind of a step back for the, for the Oscars. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really tough. I think the Oscars have this image where the Academy, they have this image where they are really, uh, they are, it's, it's a lot of uh, white men getting nominations. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's uh, it's it's pretty unfortunate, but it's it's just the, the Oscars just they just tend to not make a ton of progress. I'm not really sure. You know, they'll have one year where they'll they'll be uh, they'll be sort of a, a lot of uh, minority representatives in the nominations, and then they go backwards the next year, and then there'll be a year where they have two women, female directors or one female director. Then they'll be. Well, was there one that was? Sn- I know, like Little Women was probably the one that was, was most snubbed, right out of the women yeah, Greta directors. Gerwig, yep. Was there something else that people were like outraged that didn't get nominated? Um, no, because think- it kind of goes with the industry. I wouldn't necessarily only put it on like the like who's the one that votes for the. It's the Academy. The Academy, right. I wouldn't, I guess, necessarily only put it on them, but because it does depend, I guess, year to year. But what's funny is that I, I was I was reading this today that the Academy, you could tell they like felt uh they felt this was going to be talked about because in, yeah. the, in their press release for the Oscars nominations, they said we had one third nominations uh represented by women. Oh yeah. It's like I They're I, out of touch. I, I kind of retract what I say. Like I, I don't have any trust. I don't think like there's been like six at best director nominations for women in Which the is last absurd. like hundred years. Yeah, I like, don't understand how it's possible. No, it, it's they're definitely out of touch. Hopefully they'll get some younger people on the academy that will talk to you know, actually represent properly represent the population. Right. Um, so what was your biggest? Um, I don't know if you had another biggest uh, surprise takeaway. Um, for me, I, 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 the uncut gems thing was was just a shocker for me. Um, and and also after hearing so much hype about um, Little Women, I, I was very surprised that um, that she wasn't that uh, Greta Gerwig was not nominated for best act uh, best director. Yeah, um, Little Women was well represented elsewhere though. They had yeah. some actor not actress uh, nominations and. It, the, I mean, the other thing that's worth mentioning, which I, th- I think we'd get into, is Parasite. I mean, Parasite. I think they we talked. They talked. To, they've been talking about that and um, across the industry, just how much you know progress has been made in foreign films, and that's a huge reflection that that's been. That that's a great example of how, like, you know, we're finally people are finally coming around to watching movies with subtitles. Right, because there are not a lot of um, foreign voters within the Academy, so it's very hard for a movie like Parasite to get a lot of nominations across the board, but they did. Uh, so that's that's progress. That is uh, can, some sort of progress. That is cro- progress. I guess, we'll, uh, I guess we'll give them that. What's your early pick for Best Picture? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my favorite of the year. 
Um, Parasite was close. Parasite was okay. close second, I would say. Uh, but, I had not seen... I mean, Marriage Story was up there for me. Um, 1917, I have not seen. Joker was... Joker being that that was the, that was the biggest surprise I think was that it was the, had the most nominations. See, it's funny though you say that is that a lot of people would cons- like I was listening to a couple podcasts about this and and they and they considered it not a surprise because it really sort of crossed all categories like where they had um, they had directing and acting and makeup and costume design like it wasn't. The fact that they had the most nominations doesn't mean they were like validating it as a great movie. Yeah, I think at, at face value, when you look at that, the headline, uh, right. which movie was leading the nominations, and that being the, the leader is right. that I, I can see what you mean that it, it did it did have a broad um, like award reach where it could right. cross over multiple categories. I, I do agree with that, um, and and I think Joaquin will win. Um, best he probably, actor. He I, probably I, I'm rooting for him just. For how much he had to transform for that role, I mean that was a very like he had, he had a, a lot of dedication for for that for that role. So I, I mean I think he he deserves to be rewarded for that. Um, my pick, I mean, Once Upon a Time would be my uh, my favorite in terms of I would I would love if that movie won. Yeah. I still I still think 1917 will win. I know I still need to see that, and I think I, we both are uh, we are both out. right. I have not seen it, but it's sort of the most showy movie in terms of the way it was filmed, and um, it seems to have a lot of momentum. So that would be my pick, even though I haven't seen it. I think that that will be uh, the winner, but. Um, certainly will be interesting a month away yeah month month away uh, we just had the golden globes which doesn't really provide any indication as we right said. we so talked about uh, that a little yeah, bit yeah so um the oscars is obviously the one that you know people people really uh, you know care about and and reference whenever people are you know talking about award season so um yeah well we'll definitely have more more content around the oscars as, as time gets closer and stuff will you know we'll, we'll start to see some hype around certain movies i'm sure in the next month um what people are thinking so especially 1917 which we have not seen right so yeah anything okay. any other closing thoughts you got no i am ready to uh get to into the get, best of the week yeah and then just move on yeah i think we got to fly through these though yeah let's fly through them. let's okay. fly through them because really quick because we got to get to this interview yes which is the yeah, meat it's, of this it's a long one too so right. okay best thing you ate mike best thing i ate was the toad in the hole sandwich for brunch at little donkey which is the thing where they cut the middle it's like got 15 different yep. names where everyone like when they cut the middle of the and they drop the egg brunch in. little donkey's amazing um the twist that little donkey had it was with banana bread which was unbelievable yeah yeah amazing little right. donkey brunch great amazing. that's the last time we're mentioning little donkey for a while yeah we both, have, we both have mentioned it uh all right best thing you ate no hojoko brussels sprouts um first time being going to hojoko had a lot of great dishes there brussels sprouts just had to pick one um that was i don't know i love i like we talked about brussels i love br- good brussels sprouts had a little yeah. spice uh crispy it was like tempura for a little fried um big dish in 2020 hojoko really good um all right best thing i watched i had to pick that chiefs texans game just because of just the absurdity of that game the fact that it was 24 nothing in like five minutes it was almost a bad game though because it was like it was like two bad bl- two blowouts two blowouts yeah, yeah it was crazy um I, I feel like i like went to the bathroom came back and it was like 24 it was 28 24 yeah i don't was... understand how that game was possible the game was drunk wild know yeah <laughs> wild game. um all right best and then watch. i'm gonna go with the sports one too joe burrow i mean last night uh it was just I mean, no, yeah, not last night. What was it? Was it two nights ago? Two nights ago. Um, yeah. un- unbelievable. Best, maybe the best um, season of all time. One of the best teams of all time. 
And the guy's got so much swag. I really love. I I love, I don't think I can't find a flaw with Joe. I so. wish he wasn't going to the Bengals. I know, right? It just go to purgatory over there. Yeah, uh, I know. So I told Chad. Chad's got to get the Joe Burrow jersey. He's got to pre-order that. Yeah. So it's like, all right, that's like going into a ten-year coma. Yeah. It's like, all right, bye, Joe. Maybe he'll turn it around. Who knows? I hope so. If there's yeah. anyone that can, that guy's got no. Yeah, Joe, I, I I agree. Um. All right. Best thing I listen to. Um. Uh, going off of our Oscar talk, if anyone is looking for a movie podcast, listen to The Big Picture. It's a ringer podcast. Uh, they have all of the Bill Simmons podcast, the rewatchables, a lot of them once we've mentioned it on here. The Big Picture, it's hosted by Sean Fennessy. I know, Brandon, you've listened to it. Uh, they have one this week on the Oscar nominations and all the surprises and stuff. I highly recommend it. They get some really good interviews with directors and actors. The Big Picture. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, and then mine mentioned this last week mac miller album on friday he released his first they released the first single last last friday good news just i can't just any opportunity to listen to more mac miller was very welcomed and i cannot wait for the album it's it's going to be an emotional hard album to listen to but and i guarantee it's going to be on my list um at least one of the songs it's it's going to be on my list for the best thing i listen to from next week so three straight weeks of mac miller Um, all right yeah so that's that's uh, best of the week. We will now turn it over to our anonymous waiter uh, for Waiter Confidential, and uh, you know get through uh, the waiter waiter segment. So I'm really excited about this one. All right, enjoy it, guys. All right, so now we welcome on our second ever Taste Buds interview. This is a really exciting one. Our first interview from someone within the industry that we always talk about. So answering a lot of our burning questions. We've had a couple questions on here that we wanted to put a pin in and wait until we had an actual um, waiter on, on board to, to actually answer some of these. So uh, we're really excited to, we're not gonna say his name. Not gonna say his name or where he <laughs> works, but he does work at one of the Boston area's top restaurants. So this is a uh, this is an exciting- The best guest. steakhouse that you can go to. We'll leave it as best, that. <laughs> the primo steakhouse. Okay, so you're kind of narrowing it down. I'm not, we weren't even going to say steakhouse, but we won't narrow it down further than that. But it is, yeah, one of the top places, and we're very excited to have him on. Very excited. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you are willing to tell us about your background. So where the type of restaurants you've worked at, how long you've been in the industry, what kind of drew you to the industry, anything- um, about your background within the restaurant biz. Yeah, sure. So uh, first and foremost, guys, thanks for having me on. I uh, appreciate your time. Um, I got started in this industry, I want to say, whew, right when I was able to work, honestly. I started as a busboy. I started, uh, you know, clearing tables, helping out on the servers and doing whatever I could around a restaurant, bar backing. Um, I started at like a little little lounge place called Trio Lounge. Um, and it was a good place for me. They're not even there anymore, so you can't even look it up. Um, and then I got into, uh, I worked at like an Olive Garden once. And then, um, my real experience in this industry, my real joys and passions in this industry came from when I started working in Newport, Rhode Island. So I worked, uh, for 41 North for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. 41 North. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then spent five years working for the Newport Restaurant Group at the mooring which is uh seafood uh you know fine dining seafood restaurant right on the water 
um you know all you can expect you know oysters clams lobsters lobster rolls you know to the nines it's it was a big uh, seafood restaurant but i got to find my passion there for for wine and you know the culinary experience you know pairing food with wine and 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 you know going through courses and the appreciation for for food and the culinary experience newport restaurant group they own um i think they own like uh trios they own a few other ones right yeah trios waterman's grill um you got the boathouse in tiverton uh there's also a couple of new ones that they added there's avio um in cranston they added a new like italian pizzeria bar in the old yesteryears uh yesterday's place um in newport rhode island they also own castle hill which is a pretty iconic place for People who get married, they have like the nice Adirondack chairs over the nice oh, cliff. Oh right, right. There. Um, and they also do like um, they have you know a hotel there too as well. So that's a, one of their premier locations. Um, but for me, I was at the Mooring. Um, that was right in the heart of you know downtown Newport, right on Sayers Wharf. Um, so that was that was really cool, and I got to really take in the experience. Uh, like if you like food and you like seafood and you like you know, going to a bunch of different restaurants, you know, throughout, you know, throughout the day, then Newport's like the greatest scene for that. Cause you can bounce around from Broadway all the way down to Thames street. And, you know, you can, you can do buck shucks, which are great, you know, go to Benjamin's for some buck shucks, you know, dollar a clam, dollar an oyster, as many as you can do. And, uh, that's, that's a lot of fun. So just bouncing around there, getting to see all the different influences of food, whether it's French, whether it's Italian, whether it's just Americanized, you know, they got some really good spots down there that I definitely recommend. Yeah, Newport's a great restaurant scene. That's something great. we really haven't talked about. There's so many yeah. different bars and restaurants right on that one stretch, right along the water. So Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, so how long have you been a, a waiter? Because you started as a busboy, then you, you moved up a little bit through the ranks. So how long were you, have you been uh, a waiter? Uh, whew. So let me think now. That's that's a good question. I want to say, you know, it's been almost 10 years. We're saying I'm 28 now, 18. So, you know, eight years, I'd say, you know, eight, you know, you know, six, eight years, probably. I'm trying to remember my exact time when I started, how many years it's been like these years fly by, guys. Yeah, they blend together. They blend together. Um, Especially Um, in this industry. It's all busy work, you know, so in the time, you know, yeah, bye. So, so in those, you know, six, eight years, what's like, what do you consider like the toughest part of the job day to day? Oh, I mean, at times it's a grind. I would say like where I'm at now, I didn't experience the amount of demand it was on my personal schedule and body as far as like when I worked in Newport in the summertime, I got to pull like three or four doubles in a week and you're kind of committed. Like people go out there, it's seasonal work. You know, when it's winter time, there's nobody in Newport. In the summertime, there's like a lot of people in Newport. So, it, you know, I would say people don't realize that uh, how, how hard of the work it can be at times. It's, you know, you're constantly moving back and forth, especially when it's busy. You know, you're maintaining guest expectations as well as, you know, procedural work steps of service, making sure you're hitting on every step of service, um, you know. Uh, t- spending too much attention to one table, you know, might leave somebody else feeling like they didn't get enough attention, and that's just, that's something you kind of have to manage throughout the night. But, you know, I think the, the toughest part is just when you're when it's really busy and, and the restaurant's demanding a lot from you, and you know, you got you're put in situations where you just you have to be as efficient as you possibly can because uh, any mistakes that you make not being efficient is going to cost, um, you know, it could cost you, but most most importantly, it's going to cost the guest experience, and that's you know. 
as servers, that's probably our most primary goal is making sure the guest has a great time. Some things you can't control, some things happen, but ultimately you always can control your mood and control the way you uh, deal with the situation. So I think it takes a lot of understanding and takes uh, a lot of patience, but more importantly, you got to just you have you have to have good time management skills. You got to be able to handle right. demands, you know, as they come. And and people don't realize that like at times like we get put in situations where you know we might not necessarily be as equipped to handle. Like if we get sat, you know, four tables all at once in the middle of a dinner rush, and you got all of them ordering cocktails, and at the same time, then you have to go back and forth to the bar. You got to make sure that you got everything everything down to make sure that you're giving every table the right amount of service. So there is there is challenges that present itself all throughout the night. There's so many different challenges. Like you get food goes 86. That's a term that like there's no more of it. So uh, oh, if, no. if you know you get back to the kitchen, you, you know chef screaming out, you know 86, you know sea bass. And you weren't in the kitchen to hear it. You get to the table, you just take a sea bass order. Now you got to take the time to go back there, recommend something new, apologize. You know the fact that maybe you might have featured something that was a special that that you didn't know that was already gone. Right. But and now you that's have, always now you gotta, whenever I I get yeah. something in my head with a with a food item, that's got to be like the biggest disappointment Ooh. when you when oh, yeah. you're told that you're oh, yeah. out of something. That's like that's a tough one to recover from where you have to pivot away from it. Um, I can Nothing totally more see. embarrassing than spieling a special and you get right behind it and you're like, man, this bone and fillet is so good. You get all the tenderness with all the marbling from the bones. So you're getting that mix oh, of the both yeah. worlds. You go through this great explanation and they're like, oh, now I really want a bone and fillet. And then you have no more cuts of bone and fillet left because they 86 did five minutes ago and you're out. In the floor, right, so. right. That's, yeah, you know, I, that's a challenging. That's a yeah, challenging. that kind of leads into one of the other things we would always talk about is like, is like waiter recommendations. Um, and it, it was something that we've talked about in the past, like how our philosophy on on getting recommendations from waiters, like how you what your approach is when you like, you know, everyone, you know, everyone obviously has different food tastes. So do you how do you generally approach when someone asks, like, what what, what do you recommend on this yeah. menu? What's your so, approach? you know, I for, for the most part, I'm very like I don't like to recommend things I don't like. You know, so I think right. there's you're you're naturally going to be drawn to certain things on the menu and especially you being in the position to hear what people think about it because as a server your job is to make sure that after you have served the food at the table you have to make sure that that the guest is enjoying it you know we have a rule you know 2 minutes 2 bites i find that you know to be a pretty good rule as far as you want to make sure you're checking in with them and they're not just eating something cuz they don't like it and they don't want to they want to feel bad because not everybody's going to complain not everyone's going to be like oh i want the steak back or uh, or the salmon's not cooked through and and you know, right. but you have to make sure that you are there to, to present yourself um, in case that there is something wrong. So um, recovery in that situation, um, you know, for me, I just like to recommend things that I think that are, you know, are really good on, on, on the on the menu. So for me, it's having a couple of go-tos usually, you know, mm-hmm. have an appetizer that I really enjoy, knowing the description of it thoroughly. Um, that's, you know, don't recommend something and they say, oh, well, you know, how is it prepared? Oh well, you know it's good. <laughs> you know, yeah, not like we cook it. <laughs> yeah, everyone's gonna, you know, anyone at the table who's looking for, you know, you know, a little bit more information on it, they're gonna be like, all right, well, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. So, you know, I like to have a couple of go-to's, go through the ingredients and why they use that with that, you know, and why, you know, why chef decided to go with, you know, a mango puree and an avocado puree together on a tuna tartare dish and the 
why is there a little bit of sriracha in the plating? You know, why is there a little heat to go? A little, you know, and then there's that kind of mentality. Well, you know, people like wasabi with tuna. Now we're just trying to bring another different, you know, aspect to adding some heat to a dish that maybe ne- might need it. So um, different things, you know, like that and having having also too like when when I'm selling steaks and stuff like that, like. I like a particular cut of steak. I like ribeye. I like all the flavor. I like all the marbling in a steak. And I and I think that, you know, it's a big steak. First of all, you usually get great cuts out of a ribeye. Um, and those marbles, you know, marbling in that ribeye is going to bring so much more flavor. But some person, some people don't like that. Some people want their steak, you know, rare and don't want to deal with a lot of the, the, the fattiness of the steak. I'm not going to recommend them a ribeye. I'm going to know that they like filet mignon. They're looking for something tender. They're looking for something that, you know, they're not going to have to deal with any of the marbling in a steak so um definitely being aware kind of by asking a, a few context questions like oh what are you into tonight like i i know you're here at a steakhouse but do you are you interested in seafood because we got a lot of great seafood options here you want to start off with something cool like a cold shellfish platter get a little taste of things and then work into you know in, into a, a beef cut uh for your entree then that's something that we can guide them through but go, i'm kind of going off on a tangent here but to begin no, with no, this is great this is all good yeah. info. i mean we're yeah. all this is all the stuff we, we were wondering <laughs> like you know getting getting it from the source is yeah just, it's really interesting for us i have my um, go-tos i have my go-tos I, I you know i look at the menu in my head like almost before every shift and i know what 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 it is that you know i stand behind and, and why i stand behind it and why i think they should try it you know um and and that and that can go as far as doing things that are off menu like someone said that they enjoyed a kona style steak one time and they've only tried it on a on a strip and I'm like, well, let's let's try it on a ribeye. Let's 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 do it like that. So there are different ways that like I can take little context information that I get from a guest and, you know, try to try to provide something that that maybe they feel that they're getting a little extra treatment or special treatment because you're willing to go an extra mile to present them something that they don't that they didn't think that they could get. So you're obviously like a, a pretty engaging guy, it sounds like. Does it? <laughs> Does it take a like I always have kind of wondered this like do you kind of have to read the table like when you get there like to see how engaging the diners are going to be because some tables you'll probably get a couple of people that are really quiet not looking to talk and then you get some people who are like you know they keep you at the table and they're like yeah. you know they're very engaging does it does it take a second you almost got to like be like different people when you're dealing with different tables. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the first thing, uh, first thing I will say to this too, you always have to be prepared for what you have coming in. So depending on where you're working, this may be not be as prevalent, but if you're dealing with, you know, VIP clients, uh, you know, high volume clients, they, you know, you know that their expectation of things can be higher. So we, uh, you know, where I work now, we have a system where we track guest information. So I'm able to know if this guy's been in 10 times, we keep tracking notes. So after every visit, you know, we try to add one thing that we learned about this guest then that we didn't know before and keep it in these shared notes. So that way when they return, you know, we have an idea of what they don't like or what they do like. For example, one guy really does not like having an iPad brought to the table. He's old school. He likes the paper list of what's available. So if you bring an iPad to the table and, and he's mentioned that like four times in a row that he's been there, <laughs> then you then you already struck out in the first five seconds. But if you don't have any information on them, the you know you have you can read a table or read a guest very easily when you go up to them. You know, for example, you want to pick up on context clues. I got a group of four gentlemen. They're all wearing suits, um, and they may have started at the bar for a cocktail, or they may have just sat down. But they, you can tell that they're engaged in conversation before I come to the table. Whereas maybe it's a family. As soon as I come to the table, they're looking for my attention. They're looking for me to lead off. Um, you know, when it's 
in the other situation that I mentioned, they look like they're probably some business professionals. You know, they just got off of, you know, a meeting and they're coming there to talk about, you know, or they're real estate professionals trying to go over a deal and talk about some P&S agreements and they want some space. They want some time. They don't want to be overly saturated by my presence. They just want to get the order done and, 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 and leave them to their space. So you can read that off of people. I think, you know, I, I feel like I can read that off of people pretty easily, but, um, my number one rule, my like biggest like thing, like advice, like I've been training servers and bartenders for a long time. Like one thing that I like always say is that you have, you know, just as much as you're reading your guests within the first few seconds, they're reading you. So if you're coming to the table or or wherever it may be the room and you and you look like you're panting for breath or you look like you don't have the patience to deal with them, like then they're going to pick that up off of you within the first few seconds. So my my card rule is you always approach the table with enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And and enthusiasm is something that people, you know, they they enjoy most of the time. And even if it is, you know, for business gentlemen that are there for their work, gentlemen, I'm glad, you know, I'm happy to have you here tonight. And it's immediately finding out what they need and being and being very concise about what they want. But, you know, your tone and your mood that you bring to the table, you can you can elevate that in any situation, no matter who it is, to let them know that, that hey, you the, you matter. The guest matters and that you're there to listen to what they what they want and and, and, and be prepared for what their needs are. Uh enthusiasm that's definitely going up there reading the table and presenting yourself with in the right mood and the right tone is very important yeah so you mentioned this the, the interesting thing you mentioned is how you use data to kind of um you you go in with an understanding of who a customer is and cater the experience towards them have you started to see that like that being used more and more in the industry that you've been in it like where people are, are using oh that yeah data? I mean, we're like full blown 2020, like everything's data and analytics, no matter where you go. And it's, it's funny how you can see it among, among various industries. I think that, uh, in our industry, it's definitely got a place. I mean, when you're dealing with a clientele that, you know, that you want to make sure that, for example, you have big clients, you know, at this restaurant, you got big clients, you got big expectations to meet because if something goes wrong, they're going to decide to try somewhere else, you know, and that could be, a big business hit if the, if things go wrong. So ultimately, you want to make sure that you know they're getting exactly what they want or what they need or the environment that they need from. If you have a super VIP client that maybe is like a celebrity or you know it, you know a pro basketball, baseball or football player, you're not going to put them in the middle of the restaurant at a four top, you know, with a bunch of tables surrounding them, so right. everybody can go up to that person and say, hey, can I have an autograph? Oh, hey, how are right. you? you know, that person needs to have its exclusivity, you know, and, and they need to know that they're in an environment where they can enjoy their company and in, in, in their family or, or their friends or whatever it may be, because that time for them, they don't come out to, to, to sign autographs when they come out to dinner. They come out to have dinner and, and have a little time with their family because, you know, they have busy lives, too. So got to be respectful, got to be understanding of that. And those data analytics, they help you understand what, you know, what people like. And what they like to eat, and especially if it's something that we've done for them in the past that maybe isn't on menu that we are very capable of being able to get done, maybe just takes a little bit of prep work ahead of time. You know, you want to make sure going into the shift, like whenever I have 
ever have like a big portion of the, uh, of my restaurant that I'm responsible for, a big party, a big VIP client. You know, I'm going over all that information that we have over all their visits. So that way I'm making sure that I'm ready. You know, if they're a keto diet, having, you know, a, a dessert alternative because it's their mm. birthday and I want to do a special birthday thing for them, but I don't want to do something very thoughtful and then realize that they can't eat it, you know? So it's, it's very important to, to be on top of those things, especially, you know, and whereas if you don't do it, your competition might be doing it and, and you don't want other people to seem more genuine and more prepared than you are. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I want you to play Mythbuster for me for a second. Um, <laughs> okay. Just cause you had mentioned something that it was actually not on our list of questions, but it got into my head. Um, when you are recommending a special, is it true? Okay, there's like a – it might be a myth, but there's this perception that specials could be something that a restaurant is trying to get rid of. Okay. Is that true? Is it a myth or is that actually true? So I will say this. Um, it, it, I've seen it both ways. I've seen okay. it both ways. I've seen it in the sense that, uh, you know – I'll use an example of the past the restaurant I used to work for before they were doing a seafood special, right? And uh, I think it was like uh, top neck clams, right? And everyone, you know, they want little necks, cherry stones. Um, they don't, they don't want top necks. The top necks are the largest growth of the clam. They don't have as much flavor. They're not tender like a cherry stone or a little neck. So they're not necessarily like what you would consider to be something that we would normally provide there but right. they were doing a huge initiative um in the area for uh sustainable uh shellfish growing farmers and they uh you know it was pushed on as a special now in that case you know it, it's a good initiative that they were doing it was sustainable it was helping you know local economy and stuff like that but as far as the food in itself went you know we were all well-versed and well-skilled enough to realize that the the top necks didn't offer as much appeal as like a cherry stone or a little neck or any of those things that we would provide at that time um and the opposite end of the spectrum uh there are like for example when i feature a, a special cut the bone and filet mignon cut as our special um that's on special because we cannot cut enough of that bone and filet to offer it on the menu because it, we would 86 it so many times. Again, just a reminder, 86 means that we are out of uh, the item, that there's no more of it to be uh, to be sold in the house. So, for example, in that particular – as we're a full-blown steakhouse, we cut all our cuts in the house. Um, we have a finite amount. We have a limited amount of how many of those cuts that we can actually sell. So it would be – uh, not to our advantage to put it on our menu and advertise on our menu if we constantly always had to you know take it off the menu it would be better to feature it as a special mm. um which added a little bit more exclusivity to the product itself so in that case you know i think that being a special you win in that case you know and 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 the the, the customer the consumer wins in that case um but you know as you go in different levels of the industry whether it's fine dining or if it's more casual dining i think i think you kind of see the the higher you go up in in value the less of you see people just trying to sell things as specials because they want to get rid of them the the higher in the value as you go in a restaurant um the more money you spend the more value you get in the sense of quality and i think that you know as far as specials go in that case um they they tend to offer maybe a little more or something outside of the box that you know a guest maybe may go to that restaurant 
you know, five times, you know, in a year or five times in a month or whatever it may be and didn't know that, you know, every time they come there that there was an amazing thing like this to offer. But then they, they're used to having the same thing all the time. They want to try something new. That special offers a lot of value to them. So um, definitely I can see both ways with that. I wouldn't say uh, it's a it's a myth buster that needs to be cracked. But uh, definitely, you know, you can you can get a feel for it as far as whether you think something might be just kind of uh, uh, just kind of just thrown out there, whether it's a special that you seem as, you know, ask your server. That's one thing. Like if I'm out, if I'm out. I'm gonna ask the the, the server or the waiter. I'm gonna be like, hey man, is this is this special like really good? Like, tell me about it. Like, yeah, right. Like, It'll should I like tell me why? Like, should I should I get this or should I go with my regular? Because I love my regular. I don't want to be disappointed tonight. Like, do you like? You, you, and a server is honestly, I feel like at times like you can get honesty out of it. A good server is gonna give you a good honest answer. So w- would you so, tell someone if like let's say you didn't love a dish? I don't know. Like, would yeah, you say that you, right. you're like, eh, so, not my favorite? So this is tough. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you a very relevant situation that just happened like literally a day ago <laughs> so um i guess ordered uh, asked about one of our items it was uh, a preparation of a filet mignon right um so we offer our filet mignon as is just cut a la carte and then we had uh you know a suggestion of a filet mignon that's prepared uh slightly different um one of which um, I am a little bit more favorite, uh, favorable towards, uh, which is the regular cut of the filet mignon versus the way they had it prepared. And my reasoning because this is because I know that filet mignon's a center cut. I know all those cuts of that filet mignon come from the center. Now the extra, the other filet mignon rendition, the other item that it was being spieled was a filet mignon done sliced, prepared with different things. And, I know that 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 those cuts from that filet mignon come from the outer sides of of that particular cut, which aren't mm-hmm. as tender. So mm-hmm. for me, in my knowledge base, like if I'm going out to eat, I want the filet mignon that's the closer to the center cut. It's going to be the most tender piece. And the guest doesn't necessarily know that you know those particular cuts are saved for that particular entree, and the other cuts are particularly saved for a different portion of the entree. You know, I, I might recommend when they ask me, hey, which filet mignon should I get? I might say, hey, go with the regular filet mignon. You're going to find that it's just really tender when it's intact. And it's like you don't want to let you don't want to not sell the other item. You don't want to say, oh, don't get the other item. It's terrible. It's it's cut on the outside. No, it's not cut. In the outside. It's still very tender, great meat. Like it's still super good quality meat. But if you had to ask me the preference between two, I'm going to say, hey, get me closer to that nice tender cut in the middle. So gotcha. But would, yeah. would you ever, if someone straight up said like a dish that they like asked if, what your opinion of dish was and you didn't like it necessarily, like it, would you would you actually ever bash a menu item or say that you wouldn't order it? So just to understand, it, so if they asked me about a menu item and I, and and you're asking, would I ever tell someone I didn't like it? Yeah. No, I I don't think I I don't think I would do that. No, because ultimately your job isn't to to not sell items on the menu. I, your job is to 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 sell items on the menu. Yeah, so right. If right. somebody was like, so for example, like I don't I'm not a big fan of salmon. Like I don't I don't eat salmon, but I do like seafood. Like I like sea bass and I like tuna. Like yeah. you know. So if someone's if someone's asking me like, oh, you think I should get the salmon or should should I get something else? And I'm like, 
You know, I I can't really I can't really say much about the salmon for you, but what I can say is the sea bass is amazing. Nice firm, gotcha. dense okay. fish yeah. paired with a nice miso butter, and I go right into it. And it's not like I just immediately shift focus. Like it's not about the salmon anymore. Right. You know? Right. But that's it, the way. That, yeah. But if they're holding on to it and they're like, I don't know if I really want salmon, then I'll just describe the salmon dish. And I'll just be like, Oh, well, this is what this this is what you're gonna get with the salmon dish. Does that sound like something you're gonna like? Or do you want to try this? That you know what I mean? So it's yeah. You never want to bash yourself in, in a situation right. or, you know, undersell something because, you know, just because you don't like salmon doesn't mean they don't like salmon or it isn't a good dish, you know, like so um, I, I, in short, the answer is no, I would not. I would not be like, no, don't get that, you know, unless I unless I work for a place I hated and the, right, and the right, chef was right. just throwing <laughs> slapping food on plates. And I was like, dude, you don't want to touch this. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't think I would work for that place. <laughs> right, that's no, that's the moral of the story. Really work don't work at a place that you bash the food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is it is it tough when like when a when a uh, diner like when you get something when they when they order something and let's say like the salad dressing came on and they had ordered it without dressing or something needs to be heated up does like what's that what's that process yeah. like is there stuff that can be salvaged from that like yeah. is it depend on the item? So it depends how it goes down. So I'll say it like this. Um, entrees usually are delivered in, in my restaurant. You know, uh, entrees are usually delivered by food runners. Most of the time, if it's a big party headed by my, myself, if I took the order. Um, but in other times, if it's just a smaller table, the food runner might bring the food to the table. Now, if something's wrong in that case, I wasn't there for the first moment of situation. So, for example, I wasn't carrying the item out looking at it. And being like, oh, this this isn't wrong, and pass it down to him. And then she's like, well, I told you, I didn't want that sauce on the steak. And it's like you walked it the whole way here and looked at the sauce on it, and you didn't remember. So then it looks bad on you because then they know it's your fault. But if somebody else brings it and say it was a mistake where it was a miscommunication or it was written on the ticket to have no sauce but it still came with the sauce, then ultimately no matter what, the first first and foremost thing I do is say – First of all, you know, ma'am or miss, I'm like, uh, uh, Mr., I apologize for, you know, this was wrong. Let me make this right. Let me get it out to you as soon as possible. Is there anything else I can get you in the meantime? And it's just – it's immediately taking ownership for the mistake, whether it was your fault or not. So, like, right, right. there's many times where things aren't my fault, guys. I, you know, I'm not perfect, believe <laughs> oh, it or I'm not. Sure but <laughs> but there, there's times where, like, things are my fault. It's it, it's it, You can't you can't work in this industry and be flawless. You just can't. It's just it's, – it, it demands too much from you all the time. So there's going to be mistakes. So I'll about how you manage them but it's the guest that's suffering when you make a mistake so it's not like your pride doesn't matter in those situations at all like you just have to immediately go over there and you know uh, own up to the mistake and, and and just let them know reassure them we are gonna make this right like we're gonna either you know if it's an item that was cooked over we're gonna get you another steak we're gonna get out as soon as possible is there anything else i can get you with it was there something that you saw maybe on the menu that you didn't get the chance to order tonight that I can bring out for you to enjoy while you're waiting? You know, so it's that type of thing where even if like you know it wasn't your fault, like I get into situations like that where like I know this is not my fault and I know that steak is medium, but you tend to think that it's not and it's like – Okay, you know what? The steak's not the way you want it. Can you describe to me what's wrong with the steak and what I want, what you're looking for? Was it too red in the middle, or was it just, is it too, is is there not enough juice, or is it there not enough redness in the middle of your steak? And then I can get a better idea of what she's really looking for, or he's really looking for, and then and just correct the situation. But you know, mistakes happen. You have to own up to them. Um, 
<laughs> What's the process on the in the back in the kitchen though? Like when you when you you give that whole spiel to the to the, yeah. uh, the patron, what what exactly happens? What's the, what's the situation? Yeah, so the so there's 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 a pretty standard protocol when it comes to this. You know, immediately once something's been found out that there's wrong, um, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take that item, bring it back to the kitchen, and 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 bring it to a manager or the chef. You know, whichever one I see first, honestly. Um, that and then but those two ultimately have to be involved um, throughout the process. Uh, I'm going to go back there and explain to chef what needs to be done. I'm going to re uh, I'm going to send in a refire ticket. So that way there's a log of, you know, where it come from, when it came back, you want to keep track of timing too. I mean, not because if someone says, Oh, it took 20 minutes, but it was only five minutes and you can prove them wrong, but no, you just need to know how long things are taking. Cause sometimes right. refires mm-hmm. can take too long. And then you've struck out twice. Like you, you know, you, you, not only did you get the thing wrong for the guest, but now they waited even longer than they should to get it back. So there's, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to stay on top of there. Um, you know, allergies, like if the, the, if you just, oh, I need this up to this, but they had an allergy and you can't throw it on a particular grill without a separate grill space, like you got to know that stuff. So it's always important to document it. We go right back there. We get a manager involved. We get the chef involved. Um, you know, and at times, you know, most of the time, what should happen is a manager should go to that table immediately and hey. I heard, you know, this happened. Talk to the guests. See what, see what, you know, what the guest feels about it, and 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 make a impactful decision there as to how to recover. Um, I think that, you know, people, you you get a broad range of people, people who accept mistakes and people who are a little bit, uh, you know, resistant to the idea that mistakes happen in restaurants and Mm -hmm. really just, you know, want to let you know about that. But that's all right. It's not your job to tell that person that they can't feel that way. It's your job to make it right. So. And I think that across anywhere you go that, you know, that values customer service and 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 wants to make people enjoy themselves, they're going to make sure that they get something right. And even if it means going a little extra um, to, 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 to make the situation better. And that's one thing that I will say where I work for that we're really great at. If we make a mistake, it's like we're so far past like getting, you know, mo- moving on from it. We're like we're already on. How can we make this a better experience for them? You know, are we buying them a round of drinks? Are we buying them dessert for the night? Are we doing a special intermezzo course or are we, you know, there's so many things, there's so many angles that we can go about providing them a gift card when they leave and saying, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I, I know that things weren't too bad tonight, but we're sorry that things didn't go just the way that you wanted them to come back. Give us the opportunity to make this better and, and, and take this as a, as a complimentary course to come back, you know, and, and I think those things go such a long way, you know, like if you're out to dinner and, and, and something and, and something maybe like maybe minor happens to you like I, i'm like i'm super chill i'm super easy going when i go out to eat um when something you know a mistake happens i'm like listen don't worry about it like i like listen i know i work in this industry i know you guys are gonna make it right i got trust in you it's all good we're good we're cool here you know um but if they go the extra mile and like provide a dessert or the manager comes over he's like hey can i can I grab you a drink or something for you guys? Cause I feel bad. Like, like just that, like that makes you feel valued. Makes you feel like your presence there is it matters. And and more times than not, you remember those things. Like, and you're oh, like, oh, sure. that place was that that place took care of me last time I was there. You know, hey, they messed up, but they did like ten times better of a job of 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 making me feel better about it. So I'll definitely go back to that place. So I I think yeah. that. You know, 
I think like any normal person that has that issue, like if you know, if 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 you go the extra mile and make us feel better at the end of the meal, then it, that goes a long, lot longer of a way. Um, yep. But not every, obviously, not every uh, patron is like that. If you ha- like any any kind of horror stories from from people that have have really put up big stinks in some situations, like any any like kind of disaster stories with some uh, some people. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, <laughs> this it's funny because. Uh, that it happens to everyone everywhere you go. I mean, there's like I said, there's like a the yin and a yang to this stuff. There's the happy guest and then there's the the miserable guest. And ultimately, it's not your job to say that they're miserable. You may be able to read that off of them. Um, but let's just say some people may be a little bit more challenging to please, you know, mm-hmm. and right, right. you might like, for example, like you read a table, talk about reading a table when you first come up there and, you know. Maybe they're not attentions really on you at all. You're trying to get out the specials. Nobody's really listening to you. Everyone's like like doing what they're doing. You you leave. You come back in five minutes. You've given them some time. They're not really like giving you the attention. You get the order in, and then they like or or maybe you make a mistake. They make make a mistake, and they and they start to get like, oh, I can't believe you did this. Like we're just trying to have a good time, and you ruined this entire evening for me. Like and it's like. Well, I'm really sorry that your mashed potatoes <laughs> didn't come with cheese on them and you're really upset about that. But, you know, ultimately you can't like you just have to immediately know that like, hey, this is how I handle my problems in the workplace. Yeah. I will. I need to find out what's wrong. I need to make it right. And then I need to get the support that I need involved to make sure that they're there to support me to making it right. Right. Um. You know, and, and, and ultimately, yes, I've had situations where you like you really just want to scratch your head and just be like. Does that person know I'm a human being? Like, yeah, does that right. person know like <laughs> that I have a life too? That you know, right, but, right. You know, ultimately it comes with a job. You know, you think about yep. uh, pro- professional athletes. You look at, you know, I'm gonna use this example. I don't like this example, but I'm gonna use it anyways. Uh, Kyrie Irving, right? Like, there's this stigma in Boston that like we hate Kyrie Irving for like for like what happened and like and how tough the reporters are on him and and how much like scrutiny that poor guy has gotten in the past year from leaving the Celtics, you know, and that's, and he, every day he has to deal with people like in the national media talking bad about him. And it's like, if he can handle that, like I can handle someone being upset about my stay at the state. <laughs> right, right. Cause I know as soon as they leave or as soon as my night's over, I can move on from that and never have to think about it again unless they come back in and ask for me. But, right. um, but it's not as bad like as what other people have to deal with in their jobs. Like, you know, God forbid our service members and like our presidents it. and our like mayors and uh, like all those people deal with police officers. They deal with so much worse that like, you know, I, I'm the type of person where I'm like, you know, I was brought up to, to, to don't complain about it. You know, like don't complain yeah. about it. There's someone out there that's got it worse than you, you know, oh, not everyone's sure. got that attitude, but you know, you gotta, and in this industry, you can't, you cannot, you have to have thick skin. Like you, you can't let things bother you. Like if things bother you, it's not about what goes wrong on that table. It's what goes wrong for the rest of your night, how you carry yourself, you know, who else suffers because you have one table that's, you know, that, and that's another thing. That's another problem that gets presented is you have something going wrong with one table and they're super upset with you and you need to give them more attention to make sure that you show them that you're trying to make it better. But yet you still have a whole other section of people that you got to take care of. And it's like, you can't, 
overcompensate there and then have three other people, three other different, you know, parties that aren't having a great experience because of it. Cause then you lost right, on right. four people. So it's like, yeah, a lot of managing is a lot of managing in, 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 in serving and in bartending and all that stuff. If, um, okay, let's say it's like a busy night. You have a table where they've got the check they've paid and they're sitting there and you're trying to like turn the table or is there like a thing where you try to do you ever nudge people out of the restaurant or no uh i'll say this i mean i think no matter where you work at no matter where you go people are always going to have those situations those situations are always going to happen and people deal with them differently and i I have colleagues that I work with, people that I work with that handle that situation differently than the way I do. Um, ultimately, you, you know, you do make money um, by being – if you have a section that is – you know, you have smaller tables and, and you're not getting one big party for the night, then then you would be more opportunistic to try to get that table flipped for another table. And ultimately, you do that by being very concise and very prompt with your steps of service. Making sure that you're clearing as soon as you know that 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 fork and knife is out of their hands and on the plate. If that plate's pushed off, you want to be as prompt as you possibly can. Uh, I think at times it's easy to to feel like things are are starting to getting overwhelming and you let certain things go to buy yourself time. I think that's not sincerely like that's not necessarily going to help you in situations where you want to flip tables. Um, the other end of the aspect is it's your last table of the night. They paid an hour ago. Oh. <laughs> They're just chilling. <laughs> They've had. I know, they ordered like... that one last glass of wine an hour ago, and they still got five sips left on it. Like, yeah. Then you're then you're like, oh man. But ultimately, uh, you've probably been there once in your life where you were someplace late, and you know you yeah, lost we've track all of time. There. And you're like, it's a cultural oh. thing too. Like here in the U.S., it's like you know, get in, get in, get out. But in in Europe, you know, you, you're that's like what they encourage. They encourage you kind of like to stay and chill. Yep. And, and and take as long as you need yeah i mean ultimately uh that's how you make your money you know that, yeah. that's your living and and if you say all your guests that come in one hour of closing aren't worth your time or aren't worth your ability then you'll miss out on a lot of opportunities to to build great relationships with people i find that a lot of times believe it or not um those guests that do stay late are the ones that want to learn more you know or be more involved into the experience and uh uh, I've had, you know, I've had times where I'm like, oh man, I I might be getting out early tonight, and then like your regular comes in and you know that they're there to hang out and open up a bottle of wine and spend some time. I just appreciate the people that they are and and, and try to try to be involved in, in in their experience and 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 keep myself busy with how I can improve their experience. Again, there's just times where they're just sitting there and it's a long time. You, it's it you, it's you take the good with the bad, you know, you yeah. take the good. The back and and yeah. that and and that you just have to know you just chuck it up for what it is and and you wait it out you know yeah no um but there are there are things that servers do to try to move things along i will say that you know walk by a couple times keep trying to water their glass you know like apparently. those things happen you know, people try those methods um ultimately if i feel like i've done a really good job with them the entire night and they've really appreciated me say it's an anniversary night they came out for an anniversary and they're just having a great time. You know, they don't have the kids. They're just they're, they're having a great time. And you've provided them a good time and they liked you. And then at the end, 
you kept going over to the table to fill their water. Oh, is there anything else I can get you? Oh, is there anything else I can get right. you? Like, the and you literally just ruined everything that you did for yeah, them that right, night. Right. So, like, don't be that person. Like, for all you servers out there, don't be that person. Like, come on. It's not about you. You know, so, uh, so yeah, it happens. But, you know, we – especially where you work for a place where you appreciate the people that you uh, work for, uh, the clients that you get to have, you know, the, the relationships you get to build, uh, you grow invested into some of the – into some of those situations and you say, hey, you chuck it up for what it is, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and you know that in the long run, those situations don't happen all the time. So mm-hmm. you got to you – know, it's not it's not like that happens every night to you. It's it, – I get it, but – get over it. <laughs> right. Um, or we don't want to keep you too long. So we'll have a couple, a couple more questions. Just, I think one thing that's always on people's minds when it comes to waiters is tipping. So, um, one thing that our uncle actually brought up was around a specific situation with tipping. So let's say that a, a customer orders a really expensive bottle of wine and, you know, are, are they expected to tip on that bottle of wine, like taking that bottle of wine in, in, into consideration when the 20%, or is there another strategy that they should be thinking about in those types yeah. of situations? Um, you know, if they ordered the bottle of wine and the wine's on the check, um, I think it's more of a standard today in today's uh, – in our climate of today's industry that you would tip on everything, the total, the subtotal, you right. know. So, okay, okay. Uh, so I mean, if you're asking me, if I'm all right, so if I'm going out, right, and I ordered a $200 bottle of wine, right, and maybe I split a salad and maybe split a steak, and the rest of my food on the bill was a was $100, right, and you know the total bills, you know, what $300, $350, whatever it is, and I only tip them 20 bucks, you know, then I feel like I just I I cheated that per, I feel like I took advantage of of that of that server or that waiter, right. so. Um, ultimately, uh, there are situations like, for example, um, you're going to get these rare situations where, you know, someone comes in, orders three $1,000 bottles of wine, you know, like yeah. crazy. And this has happened to me. This has happened to me. Like, that, is, that has happened three over $1,000 oh each for God. each bottle, three of them all in one, like in, in an hour and a half. Like, and it was, and in that situation, you have a check that's extremely inflated, um, and uh, maybe you don't get your industry standard 20% is what you know is what the standard is amongst the industry. Um, maybe you don't get your 20% there, but you got a really nice tip, and four thousand dollars of the money that was on the check was the wine. You know, right. if they don't tip you on that, like then. If you're upset about that, then you probably need to temper your expectations a little bit and 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 be lucky that you had a table that did something like that to begin with. Um, but you know, to, in short, to answer your question, uh, I would, if I was going out, I would tip on the wine. Okay. And one other question is, if someone ha- leaves a really poor tip, um, like you know, really under the twenty percent, ten percent. And just to go, just to go back to that real quick, like say yeah. if you went to a bar, right, and you ordered yeah. uh, like four glasses of wine. Right. Would you not tip on four glasses of wine, but you would, but you wouldn't tip on a bottle just because you went out and ordered a bottle. You know true. what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah, so ultimately like, uh, and, and, and to, and to add to that, like you're doing just as much work, if not more work with the bottle, because you have to open the bottle up. That takes time. And proper wine service is you don't want the guests to pour the wine at the table when their glass is starting to get empty. That's right, something right, you're right. supposed to manage throughout the, throughout the night. Yeah. That's like and, a whole different uh, dynamic. Keeping, Keeping track of vintages, if it's a if it's a big party that's ordering multiple bottles, you want to make sure that you have those things. So there is work that comes involved in it. I mean, it's not just opening a bottle, leaving it on the table, and walking away. Now a lot of people do that, but I mean, 
ultimately, if you ordered four glasses of wine and you would tip on that, why wouldn't you tip on a bottle, you know? So, right, right. Unless it's like a super inflated situation. Super inflated yeah. situation. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And right, uh, like right. what I was going to say earlier was the 10%. So if someone comes back into the restaurant, is there any protocol for like a guy that's a really bad tipper? Do you kind of like, does, Do that you get remember? Flagged? does it get flagged oh, in the system? Oh, I got a funny story. I got a funny Ooh. story. So uh, I'm not going to mention who this person is or – but there was a pretty influential person that came in. Not influential, but a recognizable name. People know who – Athlete who or someone – Athlete. Down for us? Athlete. athlete. That's all athlete. I'll tell you. That's all I'll tell you. Athlete. Not Kyrie Irving though. Not Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Boston. Boston athlete. I'm not saying where the athlete plays, what sport they play. This is all I'm giving you. All right? So this person you know, doesn't tip a lot when they come in. You know, and um, there's a reason why I'm pretty sure where that athlete's from, they're probably not used to tipping like that. But ultimately, you yeah. know, it's pretty it's pretty cool to get. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. Uh, it's pretty, you know, you know, cool to get a client like that. And then when you've had him a couple of times or you've seen him a couple of times and you know that you're not, you know, it's just like, oh, well, I know that this person ultimately you just you do it. You just do it. And you and, <laughs> and you. Especially if it's an yeah. I mean, I think that some people would think that they, you know, if they knew that it was just a regular guest that didn't have any draw to them that they normally don't take care of them, they probably wouldn't, you know, volunteer to want to take care of them or or be excited to get that guest. Or, um, But I mean, that's a very fine line you're crossing with admitting that, you know, ultimately everybody, you know, the tipping is something that the guest is in, tr- in control of. So, you know, you don't know that person's background, that person's situation. Like, I'll I'll give you an example like this. I took care of, like, one of the greatest couple that I've, like, they're super, super nice people. You could tell that them going out to eat is something that never happens for them. Never happens. And and their whole night was made by, like, it was their anniversary. I did, like, a, a special anniversary dessert for them. And I did a couple, like, little intermezzos in between courses and just made the whole night feel very special. The guy started crying at the end of the night. Like, that's how, like, he felt so appreciated. Like, he was like, we never get to do this. And, like, you care. He's like, you actually care to make this night happen. And, like, and I just remember how much it meant to him. The guy left, like, 10% tip. Like, it was fine. Like, it was okay because, like, I walked away from that experience being, like, yo, I just actually impacted this guy's life. Like, this guy probably was having a tough month, a tough Uh week, or, or whatever it was. For a man to come into the restaurant, break down and cry, this is a grown man. Like for him to do that and and to to, to share his appreciation for me, he could have tipped me one percent, and that and that guy would have still been all right with me. So you know you don't find situations like that that happen at all that often, but you know it helps you kind of like balance things out, and those things are gonna happen. But keep in mind, you work in an industry where somebody can come in at any point in time and leave you a hundred percent tip. And it happens more than you would think it would happen. Wow. Like people are – people do go out and like to take care of people in the industry. Um, so take that and remember that those opportunities happen because you kept a good attitude and you kept a good mentality through the situations that maybe weren't as fortunate for you, you know? Gotcha. So balance I'm out. always like – I'm big out. into karma. Not everybody's like this. I'm big into energy like – Karma is a real thing in my life, so I'm always like, whenever I feel myself challenged in situations where I'm like, like where I'm going at like my inner will, and I'm like, oh man, should I be pissed off at this? And it's like, no, you're not gonna get pissed off at this. You're lucky you have a job, like you know, you've been taken care of many times. 
you know so you and 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 if you have that attitude you'll be successful in this industry you will be successful wherever you go people will want to work for you people will want to sit in your section like it's effort does one thing i'll say effort in this industry you can dictate your income allowance based on your effort and your enthusiasm in the job place yeah Mm. Now I gotta figure out who that was. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we'll get it out of here. After. Um, any any um now that you're since you're anonymous, any yeah. like any secrets you can spill of like the of the industry that like someone might not know about? Like any doesn't have to be like a dirty secret, but anything like like someone visiting, let's say a a generic like a steakhouse should be aware of. Uh. Like what's the what's the cut we should be ordering? You know, like stuff like that. Like what what yeah. do we what 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 should what should someone know? Um, that's that's you know that that's a tough question. Let me think about that. What should they know? Well, if you're going to a steakhouse, just know to bring your wallet because that's that's one thing. Right, you know, right, right, yes. of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're someone that's not necessarily uh, you know, used to to going out to you know fancy places, just know that like if someone's spieling you a special there, they're not necessarily gonna tell you the price of, of something. Right. You know, that's you know, here's here's something here's a situation, okay? So like holidays come around and we and I wanna build a special that's, you know, a, someone's going to be like, oh, on Christmas, I had this monster special. And, like, it's a value perception. So then you're like, oh, I had this crazy meal. And that's how I'm going to sell it. But I know that meal is just so much more expensive than everything else on our menu. So, like, when I'm spieling a particular special, I might be trying to build it up a little bit, you know. And and in that case, maybe if you haven't been to a, a steakhouse, you might want to – if you're if you're dining – being trying to be cost effective or price sensitive, you might want to ask how much the special is before you order it and then be surprised. Or in the sense of ordering a wine, you know, like mm. don't ever be like, oh, well, whatever you decide, it's fine. Whichever one you enjoy the most. Because I'm not going to pick the cheapest wine. When oh, you do wow. that. Okay. <laughs> There's a little dirty secret. Okay. All right. Um, if you say, hey, I want my house red or I want, you know, a house Cabernet, I'll give you our house Cabernet. But if you say, oh, give me, give me one of your favorite, uh, you know, reds by the glass. Well, I'm not gonna pick the most expensive one, like, cause then I just feel like I'd be doing a disservice to the to the guest. But right. I'm gonna pick one that I like, and I'm gonna make sure that it's a good one, you know. And yeah, and I in, in, in many ways, you know. So, yeah. um, if I hope that's the best answer I can give you. I don't really no, play dirty, play dirty in my workplace. <laughs> no, I, I respect that. Everybody that's washes good- their hands. If anything drops on the floor, something new is always made. Like that's just something like people fear that happens at a restaurant. I can promise you that would never happen. If we huh. saw somebody in our workplace do that, oh my goodness, they would get they would get yelled at so bad and they would lose their job so fast. Like that's something you don't mess around with. Like no none of that stuff ever happens. Um, you know. But I think I think that would be that would be it. Yeah. What if you put? What if you uh, gave the wrong food to someone's table and then you realize it? Uh, like, do you have to recook the whole meal if you move it? Like, like Ooh. what's the protocol on that? Like, in, if they don't touch it. So uh, one time, one time there was this big, uh, big party that we had. Um, it was like twenty uh, something people, and they had a pre prefix menu of what they could order from. Now, when we go to order it in, um, you know, we have a screen that may have options that aren't on that menu. That may look so similar. So it wasn't me, but a colleague of mine. They uh, ordered a bunch of, you know, the wrong item. It was this, it was the right cut, wrong item. Oh, and, oh. And, they, 
and it was all made. <laughs> it was oh, all made. Oh no. Uh, you know, it gets brought out, and then like the the party realizes that that wasn't it. You know, so imagine. You know, I just I I think the worst person to be in that situation is the waiter that made the mistake. Yeah. Right? And you feel so responsible for the mistake that you made. You know. Oh, but ultimately, it's just it's immediate response. It's just hey, I made a mistake. Like it's not about I'm so sorry, man. I can't believe I did. It's like. I just sold 15 steaks that are wrong. I need 15 new steaks. Stat, I'm sorry. I am an idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's yeah, like, yeah, right. It's, move, you got to deal with move it. Move yeah. right on. It's move right on. And ultimately, like, it's, it's not like you just have to. You have to have, like, you just got to get right through it because I'm telling you, like, if you're the type of person who doesn't have the ability to, like, handle something when something goes wrong, everything falls apart from there it's not just that table it's the or it's not just that party it, it takes over and encompasses the entire night so if you're taking care of four different people and you mess up one thing or maybe one guest really doesn't like you and and they've impacted your night negatively you cannot let that bother you and like you'll find yourself it's tough sometimes like even like i've had situations where i'm just like just Give them somebody new. I don't want to take yeah, care right. of anymore. I've had that happen one time. My entire life, I've had that one time I've had that happen where a guest was like, no, nah, we don't want him anymore. And it wasn't even my fault. I just could oh, not wow. – I could helped. not I could not get them drinks as fast as they could drink them. Mm. Like I just could not get them drinks. They were having a rough day. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, And they were like so upset with me. Like they were so – and they took it like I did something personally to them. And I was like, listen, at this point – I talked to my manager. I'm like, at this point, I think it's better if we give them a different face in there. Whether or not we can provide it, it is what they want, just them getting someone new might help them feel better about the situation. Right, right. I was totally on board for it, and I was just like, back. Yep. Um, yeah. All right, we've we've uh, we've kept you way too long. You've been so generous with your time. This has yeah. been amazing. I yeah. think our I think that a, a lot of people. We'll get a ton out of this. Um, and we'll probably have to have you back if there's any mailbag questions that come in and we need you could be our resident, yeah. our waiter confidential. Hey, I think we I may love, need to bring you back. I love I love food. More importantly, I love wine. You know, being right. in this industry, I've really I've really kind of like it's funny. I never really used to like wine that much growing up. And then I like the difference between low quality wine and good quality wine is just like to me is like this. It's so far apart. Yeah. Whereas like if you're not into wine, you don't know that. Like you don't know that until you experience it. Um, I'll share with you one of my uh, favorite bottles of wine real quick. Oh, there we go. Oh, okay. All right, so this is a special bottle of wine for me. I've been saving this wine for a little bit. I don't know when I'm going to open it up, but I'm waiting for a special occasion. I had one other of these bottles. It wasn't the special selection. It was the one liter um, of their Camus, and I did that for my father's graduation. Uh, not graduation, wow. Retirement, which is like graduation <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, right. of life. Um, but this one right here, uh, one of my favorite bottles of wine. I'll move it up okay. to the Camus so you can see. We have okay. A okay, so for our listeners, it's a 2015 Camus special selection cab sob. Okay, there we go. So, so this bottle of out. wine, um, uh, really nice bottle of wine, uh, one of the smoothest, velvetous, like amazingly drinking Cabernet Sauvignons that you'll like ever have. This stuff's like liquid gold to me. Um, I love, I, I love this wine. It's, you know, if you go into a restaurant to order this wine, it's, it's definitely going to cost you a big hit out of your wallet. Um, so that's why I've been saving this for like a special occasion. So I've you got to save it. 
right. been sitting on this bottle, but uh, you know, maybe one time you guys will have me back on here. I can kind of do some stuff about wine. We'll talk about wine or something like that. Right, and maybe uh, we'll get some listeners that pop into your restaurant and we'll hear your voice and be like, wait, oh, wait this... you're that guy. <laughs> this is the guy. Okay. We oh, better not man. leave 10%. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're going to get called out. Yeah. They're, they're, but, uh, they're really going to test my good karma that day, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. But uh, uh, thank you so yeah, much. You this so has much, been man. great. I appreciate it. You guys did a great job, too. Um, um, send over the links. Um, Let me uh, keep me in touch of uh, – uh, of what you guys are doing because I like what you guys are doing and I wish you guys the best of luck. Follow their channel, subscribe, do 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 what you <laughs> oh, know what yeah, you gotta do. Right? Appreciate it. <laughs> All, All right, right, thanks, man. All right, thanks, man. All right, take care. All right, see ya. Peace. All right, that was really entertaining. He was very engaging and I, very passionate was... about the the uh, the waiter world. He was really passionate about it. So. Oh my God, that was awesome. We actually. Admittingly, guys, we we really were only going to have him on for you know we said about twenty or so minutes you know pre-show we said that that's how long it would be and he he really provided some great insight and we, I looked at Brandon halfway through and I'm like let's just keep this rolling yeah maybe um, too much good content so. too much good time so thank you to him we're not gonna say his name but uh, maybe he'll be back he yeah he really we we're gonna have to bring him back he was great and I'm sure that um, like I said in the interview. Uh, there might be some listeners out there that go into his restaurant, hear his voice, and they're like, oh, maybe this is the guy. Right. So just That'd keep on guessing. That'd be quite the leap to take if you uh, are in a random restaurant in Boston. Well, and like, so he did narrow it down with the steakhouse, steakhouse. thing. So any, so any steakhouse in Boston. Right. So I think you guys can get an idea of the kind of restaurant he works at. Um, it is a, obviously a steakhouse. But, um, but yeah, that was great, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, next week we'll have maybe more of a traditional episode, mm-hmm. um, but uh, and we'll bring back the mailbag next week because we did get a couple questions in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll bring that back. Uh, but, uh, but keep sending us your mailbag questions. Yep. And hope you guys enjoyed it. All right. Thanks, guys.